0: you should be closing 60% of your sales calls, minimum. If you're not, let's look at why. Mm -hmm. But then, more likely, you should be closing 80 plus percent. Like Most of our gals are closing 80 plus percent of their sales calls and that comes down to making sure you've got the right leads coming in and then you're doing a great nurture process. Welcome to the Freedom Found podcast, the podcast for copywriters and marketers with unruly against the grain life goals. I'm Crystal Church, copywriter and coach, and together we'll delve deep into everything it takes to grow a profitable, scalable, and fulfilling business from the ground up. Whether you're just starting out or about to hit your next big milestone, I'm bringing you the truth on both the trending and the timeless business growth strategies so you can live out a freedom-first, impactful life. Welcome to our community. And we're back with another
1: off-the-cuff episode on the
0: Freedom Found Podcast, where we <laughs> <laughs> believe that success is not random. With the right community and toolbox, anyone can create a life filled with generosity and impact. Anyone. Anyone. You, listening. <laughs> oh, we're having too much fun already. Okay. So if you have not already listened to part one, I'm just going to, before we even dive into our conversation, tell you to go and listen to that. We introduce the topic of analytics that you should be tracking. And today we're going to get a little bit nerdier and a lot deeper.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to be talking about paid ads today, and we're also going to be talking about optimizations for people who aren't doing paid ads, but more on a funnel basis. So we're talking about lead magnets, opt-in pages, landing page optimizations, that kind of thing.
0: Awesome. So, Dale, because you really are the mastermind behind our funnels, behind our marketing and business development in that area, I just want to know from you, like... I know that you track and you look at these analytics. I actually don't always dig into that with you. If we're in a particular season of optimizing or finessing a funnel or a launch, then you bring me into that. And I love looking at the data with you. But from a bird's eye view, with all the different things that you track and the data that you're looking at to help inform what we're doing in the business, I am dying to know what would you say are the top five pieces of data that We track and that you recommend our mastermind clients be tracking themselves.
1: That's a really good question. Uh, And obviously, if you've listened to the last episode, you know, there is so much data to collect on every every platform, every single avenue of marketing that you're doing. But I think that the most important ones that you should be tracking are your total traffic, which is the total number of people that have eyeballs on your business. Mm -hmm. Okay, So they're not a lead yet. They're just traffic. And as we talked about in our FFC Mastermind Masterclass yesterday, traffic is total number of eyeballs on your business, whereas leads are people who have directly given you their information. Um, They're an active consumer as opposed to a passive consumer.
0: For example?
1: For example, you have got 1,000 people on Instagram. They are all traffic Right now, some of them are seeing your posts, but then for them to become a lead, you are giving them a lead magnet. You're collecting their information. So you're taking them from earned media, which is social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and then you're bringing them onto owned media, which is your email list, your SMS list, a customer list, that kind of thing. And at that point, when they are engaging with you, when they're giving you their information, they become an active lead.
0: Great. Okay. So we've got number one, looking at our total traffic. So what can we do to do that? Just add up, like say I've got this many followers on this platform, this many on my email list, this many in my personal network. Like is that, how you find the total traffic number.
1: Absolutely. So, so you can break down traffic into a couple of different ways. You can just look at the aggregate audience size. So you're looking at what's your audience on all the different platforms, which is probably the easiest one to track. If you're looking specifically at Instagram, if you're one of the people who's looking at insights on there, then you can see how much reach you have and that kind of thing. But I don't find that that's that helpful. If you're looking at individual post performance, which we talked about last episode, that's very helpful. But just in terms of your overall traffic, I think audience size is the best way to to go. So then you're looking at your total traffic and then you're comparing that to your leads acquired. So you're saying within a month, how many leads did I acquire from this audience? And then you can kind of assess the health of your social media platform, of your podcast, that kind of thing, because you're actually looking at what's the tangible ROI of me talking to all of these people.
0: But I'm assuming the number is going to vary a lot, right? According to platform, like if we're looking at like you're mentioning social media, you're mentioning paid ads, like the conversion rate from somebody who's just in your audience, AKA your traffic to becoming a lead is going to be different depending on how you're marketing.
1: There's a huge amount of variation. And that's why you really do need to look at it with a qualitative approach, especially when we're talking about very high quality leads for the copy studio, where we're trying to acquire somebody who's going to spend a high amount of money, it's going to cost us more either in time or trust building or money in paid ads to actually acquire them.
0: Well, and we're not looking for the same number of leads that we're looking for, like digital courses, for example. No, exactly. Like we actually have a very limited capacity in the studio. So it's more about quality over quantity there.
1: It is. It is. And you can split down the, the leads acquired into your various different uh, types of your business. If you're doing e-com, if you're doing courses, if you're doing service providing, So really looking at that part on a qualitative basis. So we've got our total traffic. We've got our leads acquired. That's number two. And the next one, just just for service providers, this is our sales call close rate. This is so important because if you can increase your sales call close rate just by a fraction of a percent, then you can dramatically increase the revenue coming into your business.
0: And I think this is a really, really overlooked part of the sales process and from lead to client because so many people will just say, oh, I need, first of all, people say, I just need more people in my audience. I need 10,000, a hundred thousand followers. It's like, no, No. you need to learn how to convert the people in your audience right now. Even if you just have a hundred people in your audience, Mm. you should be able to convert somebody. So first looking at That and then zooming out a little bit, going into your whole process from lead to buyer, sales calls. I think people overlook this. I spent a lot of time just honing my sales call process to make it more efficient, to be able to be a better listener, to figure out what people actually needed and make sure I wasn't just selling what they thought they needed, but giving them the actual solution that they needed or recommending them elsewhere if that wasn't what I had. And by increasing sales call close rates, I was able to dramatically increase revenue multiple times over the course of my, you know, evolution in this process. So right now I would say in our recent masterclass sold before the sale.
1: Yep. So building that, that trust before you even get on the sales call, then that's how, how you get your close rates up to 80%. So don't worry if you're not there yet. It's just all about setting up these little pieces over time that increase your numbers overall. So Sales call close rate, so Mm -hmm. important to track. After that, the one that I think everybody's tracking, total revenue. Oh, so fun! (laughs) This is great. Okay, so this is your gross revenue, not your net. So that's before any expenses, before any costs, just the total amount that you've got coming in. And then, obviously, the, the more important one that a lot of people don't really talk about is the net profit. So that's taking away all of your expenses, everything under the sun. What are you left with at the end of the day? Because mm-hmm. you will hear so many gurus online being like, yeah, bro, I made like $10 million. <laughs> and you spent like $9 million on ads. So yeah, <laughs> that's possible, I guess. And that's great. You make a million dollars. Fantastic. But
0: that's not what they talk about. Yeah, it's not the same as making 10. I think that this is a really good distinction. And I like that you actually made these separate because it shows just how important they should be in your mind and in the data that you're tracking. So If you do not already work with a bookkeeper, CFO, at a bare minimum, get yourself a revenue tracking spreadsheet. You can Google this and start tracking your numbers like to the penny.
1: Get lots of pie charts in there. Just make it look nice for you. You (laughs) Color code it, all the good stuff. Whatever makes you more interested in doing it. yeah.
0: Yeah, it can be fun. Okay, great. So these are the five core areas Mm -hmm. um, that we should be tracking. Now, let's get a little bit more specific. And you do a lot in terms of our funnels. And for those of you listening, we've got funnels up that are both running organically and being filled with traffic from paid ads. So thinking from an ad campaign perspective, Mm -hmm. let's dig into if we've got ads up on Facebook, on Instagram, what analytics are you tracking to know if our funnel is healthy if we should turn it off sometimes you come down to my office and you're like crystal i think that we should double our budget for this specific campaign
1: absolutely yeah there's there's looking at the the analytics on facebook and then i kind of prefer just doing it on my own because facebook analytics is a wonderful tool but it's not always great for small businesses so if you've had any experience doing Facebook ads before you'll know that sometimes it doesn't track conversions very well it can just be a bit of a hot mess you know
0: what I hate is that sometimes it says zero conversions and we've literally sold like I don't know dozens of something and it's like how is it not tracking that
1: even over a long period of time it's it's not perfect um, which it should be considering they're one of the biggest companies in the world (laughs) but it's it's very clunky so I've just got a very simple spreadsheet um, when it comes to funnels not just paid funnels um, but this is going to come from the standpoint of any funnels and I'll talk through the parts that are paid and through the parts that you should be tracking if you're just doing uh, an organic funnel. Okay. So first of all, if you're doing paid, very similar to if you're doing organic, but but from a paid perspective, you've got impressions, which is your your cost for a thousand people. So it's actually how many impressions you're getting. And just for people to have some clarity, impressions is not total number of people. That is the total number of times your ad has been shown to people.
0: So it might've been shown to the same person two or three or five times.
1: Exactly. I'm sure some of you have seen the same ad.
0: 12 right. times, over yeah. and over
1: again. Um, and that's necessary a lot of the time. Uh, and that's why the algorithm does it. But yes, impressions is total number of people who've, who've not, not people, total number of views. Clicks is the next thing that's so important to track. And then your click-through rate. We're gonna jump through these because this is quite quite basic yeah, stuff. and this
0: isn't an ads course. No, exactly.
1: Impressions, <laughs> clicks, and then working out your click-through rate. If you've got above 1% click-through rate, great. If you've got below, maybe you need to fix something. Um, oh, great metric. Yeah, very easy to track. The next one up, which is relevant to organic um, and paid, is your opt-in page visits versus your actual opt-ins. So you're thinking of this, little, little pieces of the funnel going together. People have just landed on your opt-in page. certain amount of those people will bounce. They've clicked on it for some reason. I don't know why people do that, but you get a lot of those people. But then a certain percentage of them will opt-in, and that's the percentage that you should be tracking. So all you have to do is find the percentage between your visits, total number of opt-in page visits, which is basically just your clicks on your ad versus the actual people who opt-in, which you can track through your CRM or your email provider, however you're collecting those emails. And that will give you your opt-in conversion rate. If you're less than 50% on your opt-in conversion rate, that's something to fix. Okay. So.
0: And what are, what are the things that we could do to fix it?
1: Okay. First of all, design needs to be consistent between the, the ad and the landing page, but more importantly, You can get away with a lot of bad design if your copy speaks Mm. to the right person in the right way. People Mm -hmm. honestly don't really care that much about design as long as it's good enough and the copy, the messaging speaks exactly to what they're wanting out of clicking on the ad.
0: You know how many things I've sold out of Google Docs over the years? I know. A Google Doc. Like we did a whole promotion last year of a course with a Google Doc.
1: Mm -hmm. Crazy. Wonderful design isn't necessary good enough design is necessary because sometimes it can be jarring to land somewhere and it's it's abrasive to the eyes, should I say?
0: Yeah, I think it should either be plain or great design (laughs) (laughs) because people will accept plain if the copy is good and they're just there to get information. But I feel like if the design is actually jarring, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. it it puts you off and it doesn't matter what the messaging is. Mm -hmm. And it's
1: important to be consistent with um, your audience. Okay, so you can improve design, you can improve your messaging, and then it's important to change one variable at a time. So what are you actually tweaking on your opt-in page to increase those conversions? But I would say, first of all, start with the messaging. Once they've opted in, obviously we can look at the email side of it and where they're going from there. That's a separate thing that we talked about in the last episode with performance of emails. But next up in terms of a funnel, if you do choose to have a tripwire or a one-time offer, it's very important to track the same things with those conversion rates, the total revenue collected from those, and how many people have, have actually purchased them. So then moving on to the most important things that I track here at the KC brand is our gross revenue acquired from the funnel, whether that's organic or paid, our ad spend, And then from that are net profit or net spend, because sometimes you will be in the red if you've got a a return on ad spend coming later on. Now, after you've worked out your net profit, which is wonderful, you also really need to be tracking. And something that I think is the most important, so I track this really closely, is the number of leads that you're getting. Because a lot of the time you might be breaking even on your ad spend, but you're acquiring all of these leads for free at that point. If you've got a 1x return on ad spend, you're acquiring hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of leads which can potentially be very profitable over time for free. So tracking how many leads you've got coming in and then your cost per lead. So what's your net profit or spend divided by the number of leads you've got coming in and that will give you your CPL, your cost per lead.
0: Now, one of the things I think is really interesting about this, too, is people can get really hung up on cost per lead. Oh, my cost per lead should be this much or this much. Mm -hmm. But it's like it depends on A, the purpose of the funnel. Right. For sure. But B, if the purpose of the funnel, let's say it's a high ticket funnel, like bringing people into your copywriting services or into your program or your membership, for example. Well, if the cost per lead is high, that's okay If you're actually getting a ROAS when they're joining your services, your program, or whatever your end product mm, is, right? Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely. Your, your ROAS is return on ad spend, just so everyone knows. Yeah. The cost per lead is not as important uh, as the return on ad spend mm-hmm. over a long period of time as well, not just an immediate. Right. Um, within the week kind mm-hmm. of view of statistics. So if even if your cost per lead is very high...
0: Like, for example, like we turn on and off a funnel for the copywriting studio here and there depending mm-hmm. on if we've got slots we want to fill for the months out and we will spend hundreds like hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. if not more than that to acquire that lead to acquire one copywriting client but because it's worth it, it is worth because it. they're a high ticket client mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. i think that's the point is it really depends on what you're selling um if you're t- selling low ticket stuff then your cost per lead should be lower it's all about having a cost per lead that is lower than your cpa which is your cost per acquisition
0: okay so Thinking about the listener right now, what advice would you give to them if they haven't really been tracking a lot of this stuff? Maybe they've dabbled here or there and paid. Maybe they've been mainly organic. What would you say they should take away from this episode and go and start to do now to help inform the future growth of their business?
1: I think the first thing that I would suggest, and this is what I would say to anyone who's considering creating funnels, is Start with Organic. Don't worry about spending a bunch of money first of all. You should be testing on Organic first. So you should be sending all of your lead magnets, all of your freebies out to your existing audience and tracking using Microsoft Clarity, using your email provider, how many people are converting, how many people are landing on your landing page and actually not signing up, how many people are turning from a lead into a sale and tracking all of that data. Because then you can actually say this funnel works. And then at that point, you can say, okay, let's put money behind it. it. Yeah.
0: Great advice. Okay, cool. So start with organic. Just start tracking these numbers. Our top five, I just want to put these into your brain, are total traffic, leads acquired, sales call close rate, total revenue, and net profit. Look at these numbers. If they are not where they need to be, start with one at a time and tweak, make some changes, and see what shifts happen.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And so as we said at the start of this two-part episode series, there's a lot of data to track. Try not to get overwhelmed. Don't spend tons of time doing it. Okay, just think about what's going to be the most relevant for your business. And you have to think about what's going to be the most impactful piece of data to collect. Yeah, Um, There is endless data you can collect. But if you were rating all of them from the most valuable, the piece of data that gives you the most information that's going to impact the growth of your business versus data that you're just looking at and you're like, I don't really know what to do with this. Just focus on the top five most important, most relevant pieces.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And then you can get nerdier as time goes on. Alrighty, thank you so much for digging into this with us, Dale, and just sharing what you do in terms of data and nerdy computer
1: stuff <laughs> <laughs> i'm a nerd i admit it
0: a cute one okay we will catch you on another episode of the freedom found podcast if you are interested in getting support in growing your copywriting business get on the waitlist for our mastermind freedom found collective this is specifically for copywriters wanting to start scaling or continue scaling their copywriting business and this is waitlist only right now we're opening up for our next cohort sometime in q1 to be decided, and the waitlist is going to get the first lowdown. So head over to crystalchurch.com forward slash mastermind, or just go click the link in the show notes and hop on the waitlist to be the first to know. And we will catch you on another off the cuff episode. Catch you soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a part of this growing community. If you enjoyed listening to this free episode, the most impactful thing you can help us do is head over to leave a review or forward this episode to a copywriter or entrepreneur friend who you know would head not along to today's conversation and use the key takeaways to create more growth in their own business. Thank you for your support and catch you next time.